Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Ruto, joined by Evan Rowell to talk today a little bit about coaching, at least in the NHL, as far as that is concerned. Uh, we'll see. I'm curious what Evan thinks on it, but before we do get into that, we do have to talk about the smallest nugget of, of Avalanche news, where Adidas... <laughs> released the backside of the new avalanche jersey in any case of everyone's jerseys yeah everybody's jerseys the reverse retro they're calling them got released um so here this is what it looks like i not cool (laughs) not a whole lot to talk about there i mean they have the um the light quebec blue uh, coloring of the the numbers and the the nameplate it looks like, but other than that, there's not a ton to go on. Yeah, my my concern here is like at least the the gif or the video they sent out for every team. It looks like every jersey is the exact same on the back. Yeah, so it's just like what is this? Either they're just teasing this, and this is not what it's actually going to look like. Because uh, that wouldn't, I mean. Is it just a stock image where they put the colors on it, basically? Yeah, because that would not excite anyone, I don't think, if everyone just had the same design. So, I mean, I think everyone, all everyone's hoping for, and what they seem to be teasing, is the Quebec logo. I mean, I don't know what else they'd do. Yeah, I don't... Went Colorado Rockies, which would make no sense. Given that the Evs' current thirds are already, like, paying tribute to them. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make a ton of sense. And yeah, I don't. If the uh, if the front logo isn't the Nordiques logo, I don't understand these colors either. Because mm-hmm. just throwing that light blue on the Avs logo would be ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I just. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And like, can I trust any of this? Because like the. I've never liked the shoulder pads look, if that's actually what they're planning on doing, but yeah, who knows? It seems this whatever this stock design or whatever looks pretty basic. Doesn't look very like innovative. Yeah. So clearly not particularly hype on the the new logo design yet. That's not to say it won't be cool, they're just there isn't much to go on as, as far as that is concerned, at least in the Avs way. Um, so we'll, we'll cover that more whenever Adidas decides they want to release something. Hopefully tomorrow the NHL decides that they want to release something. Can you trust me? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. Um, let's get into the main topic of today, which is going to be coaching in the NHL. Um, Evan, 
When I brought up that we'd be talking about coaches, it took you about 30 seconds to find <laughs> the worst coach in the NHL. So who is that for you? Um, well, I think, you know, a couple came to mind, but actually a couple in the vision that we talked about him yesterday. I don't think John Hines is a very good coach. Yeah. Uh, I think he had kind of a fluky season in New Jersey and kind of rode that for a little bit there. And then the other guy is, you know, another reason not to have really any faith in that team is Jeremy Carlton. I don't think he's really shown much of anything there to uh, indicate that he's, you know, an NHL head coach or a good one. So, um, and then the other guy I was thinking of that had so much hype when he came into the league was, and I know he has a terrible roster now, but Jeff Blaisdell that, you know, he was supposed to be this, you know, the next Mike Babcock, Mike, Mike Babcock. I can't say his name properly, but um, he was supposed to be the next, you know, up and coming coach. And he really hasn't done like a whole lot of anything out in Detroit. Um, and obviously, when he came on board, they were kind of a older team, you know, declining. But yeah, I, I still don't see a whole lot there. So yeah, it'll be. I mean, there. We all know head coaches recycle every three or four years, but those are the guys that kind of stood out for me. I don't know if there's any that kind of stand out for you as being bad, baddies. Uh, Dallas Eakins with Anaheim now. Never been a fan, but yeah. Uh, statistically speaking, Blash Hill is one of the, the three worst coaches in the league. Um, the only coach with over a hundred games coached to be below 490, uh, 0.490 in points percentage. So look, I don't know how much of that is Jeff Blash Hill being a terrible coach and how much of that is Detroit just collapsing into a black hole. Mm-hmm. But definitely at the bottom of the list, the old, there's only two coaches worse than him, and one of those is Bob Bugner with San Jose, who's only has 37 games coached, and the other is DJ Smith in Ottawa, with who pretty much coached the entire season. Actually, did coach the entire season with 71 games, uh, but still his first season as coach. Well, Bugner was in Florida, wasn't he? And I don't think they For really did anything. Yeah, that's true. Actually, he was. The, pretty rough there too so because he was in the running for the f's yeah that's right he was, in. yeah he was one of the people and in, in the conversation so maybe the Avs dodged a bullet there a little bit yeah the other guy that has Avs, you know linkage i guess maybe yeah. not the best word but david quinn yep i some of the decisions he makes as far as lineups go in New York, he seems to me the type of coach that maybe you have, and then you just get a better coach when your team is starting to get better. Like he now, <laughs> yeah, they're going to need to find one real soon because, yeah, I, I just don't, you know, he, he nothing about him has ever struck me as great, and some of, like I said, some of the decisions he makes. Yeah, he he has that uh, classic coach feel where he just like sticks the young kids in the bottom six and is like. Too bad. You're not old yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah, he was... I mean, Kako didn't have a great rookie year, but he was pretty rough on him. He, when I would watch the games, I was like, I can't even... like, Where is he even playing? He's not playing all that much. So, um, And he, he does seem to gravitate towards the grinders. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's one of those classic coach things. So, 
those are the guys that kind of stand out as as baddies. Uh, but yeah, I mean, who knows? We thought we didn't know what Bednar was after his first year, so you never really know. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bednar, one of the worst first years in hockey history. So <laughs> things have turned out okay on on that front for the Avs. Um, looking through, I just. I kind of want to get into the topic that I was on with Blashill with, with Detroit. How much does a coaching matter? How much worse can a coach make you when you're a poor hockey team already? Yeah, I guess if you're a poor hockey team, I'm not sure how much worse they're going to make you. Because yeah. if you just, if you just don't have the talent, like, or even like if you're a good coach, like how much obviously, of a do you make on the good Obviously, side? Yeah. Bednar is a good coach, and he just couldn't get anything to work that first year. Like, and obviously, a lot of those guys just weren't guys that he would have wanted on his his team if he had the choice. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if the roster's just not there, you know what? What is a what can a coach really do? I think where where it really where you see the difference is when you have like a a decent team. A great coach can kind of push you a little bit more which is kind of the Barry Trotz thing, which is what makes him stand out. So, yeah, I I guess maybe we are a little bit tough on Carlton because he really hasn't had that great a roster since he's showed up in Chicago, but I don't know. He hasn't shown anything so far. Uh, Here's a Rick bonus. Would you put him in in the ring for one of the worst coaches? Who knows? He's been an assistant coach forever, and then he gets a – a nice little playoff run there. So it's just really, it's tough to say. I mean, I don't see, you can't really put him in the worst coaches right now because of what he did, what happened in the playoffs, but might switch real fast. Yeah. I don't fully disagree, but his, he has the worst career coaching record in the NHL currently. Well, I think he was the coach of the Ottawa Senators when they were an expansion team, and they were like the that is correct, <laughs> very worst team ever. So uh, had a ten win season. Yeah, that's gonna bring anyone down, and that was like thirty years ago. So, yeah, ninety two. Yeah. So <laughs> he hasn't been. I don't think he's been a head coach many places. He's just been a assistant for. Um, I think he was like Elaine Vigneault's assistant for the longest time. Yeah, he was the head coach of the old Jets for half a season. He was head coach of Boston for one season, in which he finished second in the, for the Jack Adams voting. Hmm. Uh, and then he was head coach of Ottawa for about four years, bounced around, did a little bit of coaching for the Islanders, Phoenix, and now is back to head coaching with Dallas. But So maybe another reason to... Uh, to expect Dallas to regress a little bit next year, maybe. Yeah, and looking through the head coaches, I completely forgot that New Jersey got rough. Yep. He, he did, I think the game kind of passed him by a little bit, so I'm interested to see that because I don't think he's going to have a great roster out there in New Jersey either. So I mean, Talk about a career that just won't die there. Yeah. Dude coached Buffalo for like 15 years or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's not a head coach anymore, but the guy who always struck me as awful was Jack Capuano. And then talk yeah. about, talk about an upgrade going from him to Barry Trotz. <laughs> well, 
I mean, you bring us into this. We'll we'll talk about that in the in the second period a little bit of who the best coaches are. But uh, just to kind of put a bow on this, it's a lot. A bad coach is a lot more apparent on a good team, right? Mm-hmm. Because a bad team is going to be bad, and and maybe a great coach can can bring them up a little bit. But if you take a decent team and and put a bad coach on it that's going to hurt them significantly. And well, we'll, we'll save the abs conversation for later as well. We'll just go ahead and take our first period break here and, and talk about Breckenridge brewery, the official beer of DNVR and get eight different beers on tap down at the DNVR bar, or go to the farmhouse down in Littleton and get dozens of flavors, whatever type of beer drinker you are, they have a beer for you. And while you're at it, that was a great time to sign up for a subscription to DNVR as well. If you're planning on doing an annual subscription, be sure to use code ABS. So we're doing a little bit of a competition here to see which podcast can get the most signups. So if you want to support us on this ABS podcast, be sure to throw that ABS code in when you're signing up for your subscription to DNVR, or even if you're just planning on extending your subscription, if it's getting close to up or you just want to throw another year on there, it helps us out a ton. We'd really appreciate it. We like to win one of these things. The Broncos always seem to win it, maybe because we always do these when they're in in season, but we like to at least be competitive with them. That would be cool. Um, When you do sign up for a yearly subscription right now, it's also a great deal for you. You get a free DNVR shirt and mask along with your subscription. So that's like half the value of the subscription right there, let alone all the awesome subscription content we have. So please sign up, use code AVS. Helps us out a ton. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented you, by. Well, you, saw those, you saw those hoodies too, right? Oh, I know the hoodies are so good. I have to buy one. Like, yeah, I need a new hoodie anyway. <laughs> I'm hype oh, yeah. on the hoodies. Those hoodies are sweet. At least, well, I'm not a huge fan of camo, but the all black one. Yeah, I'm not. Good. I'm not a camo guy either. <laughs> uh, second period. Of, Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. With Rudo and Evan talking coaches. So, let's get into the best coaches in the league. I'm sure Barry Trotz is going to come up quite a bit. But, I do want to talk about the Jack Adams Trophy. Because AJ and I talk about it a lot. And really, we both kind of feel the same. That that's just a goaltending award more than it is a coaching award almost. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's the... It's the was your team bad last year and are they decent this year? Yeah, like, yeah. I guess you're up for the award. So, who won it this year? Was it Bruce Bruce Cassidy? Yep. So they actually gave it to somebody who's like had a good team. Their team actually did worse this year somehow. <laughs> yeah, like I think probably had to go through. I think they had to deal with a lot of injuries this year too. So it, it actually felt like maybe the voters got it a little bit more right this year. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, most of the years it's, you know, you get Patrick Waugh and then three years later he's out of the league because he had one fluke season and couldn't keep it together. And then, yeah, it's it's definitely not, it's the award that I probably take the least serious or one of them because everyone can see, you know, everyone who wa- watched the ads that year saw that they were giving up 40 plus shots a night. It's like, yeah. was that Waugh's strategy? To really give up forty plus shots a night, or I doubt it. So, yeah, it's 
it's an interesting award that, you know, I'm glad to see that they gave it to somebody a little bit more deserving this year. Just for, for reference, since Patrick Waugh won it in 2013-14, the Jack Adams winners have been Barry Trotz twice, Bob Hartley, John Tortorella, Gerard Gallant, and Bruce Cassidy. Bob Hartley was with Calgary? Calgary. Yep. Hmm. Some decent coaches in there, but not ex- outside of Trotz, not exactly the who's who of the best coaches in the NHL winning that award. Yeah. So well, Gallant, Gallant would have been their expansion year, right? Correct. Yeah. I, that, that one makes sense to me because who the heck yeah. could have seen that coming? I mean, how much of that is Gallant and how much of that is just Vegas having the best expansion draft ever and, and their team clicking? Yeah. Regardless of coach. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I probably, well, I guess Gallant's not in the NHL right now. So, I, the, uh, Trotz is definitely up there. I'm glad to see that he's won a couple. But, yeah, it's maybe they're starting to get it right. Maybe they're starting to figure out that, you know, don't just give it to the, the flute coach who had a year. So... Outside of Trotz, who everyone talks about as as the best coach in the league, uh, who else do you have at the top? Just looking at points percentage of of guys that have been around for a little while, you have Cassidy, you have John Cooper with Tampa Bay, uh, just won the Stanley Cup as well, Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh, uh, Rod Brindamore in Carolina. Obviously good teams as well, but how much credit do those coaches deserve? Yeah, Brendan Moore is an interesting one because he kind of – I did not have many expectations for him when he came in. Um, I don't think he really had much of, like, a experience when he was hired. And then that team just never stops coming at you. Uh, so, yeah, he's impressed me a lot. So I, the one guy you didn't mention that I like more than others, and I know Dario. I think Dario likes him a lot as Elaine Vigneault. He always seems to have good – really good teams. Um, one thing he does, and I think he was probably one of the first guys to figure it out is you have offensive players play them in offensive roles. Like the Sedins used to start like 90% of their shifts in the offensive zone. It's just like, Oh, what, what a concept just, you have good offensive players, let them be offensive players. So um, I think he's, he's managed to stick around for a while. He, every coach I, I'm, you guys always talk about it too. Every coach you're going to have issues with. Like Vino, as much as you know, I think he's a good coach. He loved Tanner Glass forever. Like this is the guy who ended up coaching a team that acquired Cody McLeod twice. Yeah. Like coaches always seem to. There's always like one guy where you're like, I don't get it. Yep. Like what's going on here? Um, Nate Gannon with the Avs. It's like what yep. the heck. Like, yep. Yeah, he works hard. We get it doesn't mean he should be in the lineup every single night. So, um, yeah, I mean, John Cooper, how can you – you can't really say anything wrong about him. He Every year that team deals with injuries, and he always has them near the top. And obviously they're a stacked team, but there's something to be said about dealing with injuries and dealing – you know, obviously having expectations every single year and seeming – just cruising through the regular season. And I'm glad that he was finally able to win because he seems like such a intelligent coach. Like he understands his players. He is one of the coaches and Jared Bednar falls into this vein as well, that 
has won as a coach at every professional level in North America, uh, ECHL, AHL, and now this year, NHL. So it definitely feels like well-deserved for Cooper, I would say. Uh, he's he's proven it, whereas some of these other coaches, I, I don't know if you want to call it old boys club and how they got their job or whatever, but there he is not one of those coaches in the inner circle that we, we've seen – Teams play hot potato with the same fifteen guys every time. There's a there's an opening. It feels like and and they went a different way. Tampa did with Cooper and and the Avs kind of did the same thing with Bednar. Mm-hmm. So I do like that side of, of of Cooper's story and and I like that side of Bednar's story with the Avs as well. I think anytime you have success with getting fresh blood into the NHL of coaching, it it feels a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, and Tortorella, you mentioned he won a long time ago. Jack, yeah. Ad- you won. Well, he won the Jack Adams. You mentioned oh the, the Adams, sure. Um, yeah. And yeah, he won the Stanley Cup. And I think it's just interesting the way that he has evolved. To when he was with Tampa Bay, it was safe as death. Like just go play offense, score yep. goals. Yep. And now it's like he understands that you, death, like, yeah. like he doesn't have the most talented roster in the world. Like this is how we have to play to win. And I like Tortorella. I know a lot of people in the media don't like him cause he's just, you know, he's not going to give you anything, but I think he's kind of hilarious. Um, and I like him as a coach and I, everything I've heard is that, yeah, he's tough on you, but he, he also, you know, he's pretty fair with his players and his players will back him up for the most part. So yeah, I like Tortorella and I think we're at the point now where you got to talk about Bender being up there as far as one of the better coaches in the league. Uh, I agree actually, but since you mentioned Tortorella, I, I couldn't resist. I have to, <laughs> I have to play at least a little bit of this banger. Of different levels. What was going through your Hang on. The way the game started. I see the starting lineup. I know the guy This is from when he tried to fight Bob Hartley in the locker room. I can't propose the wrist that way. And that's where it suits. It can be in the game. That's tough. I don't want to do the game. But I have to protect my team. Out of it. I don't feel great about it at all. But I do the same thing again. If it can happen. Don't push me. Don't push me. Don't push me. I have to protect my team. Don't push me. Don't push me. Okay, that's enough of that. I decided. <laughs> Who comes up with this crap? It's the, like, dude, it's so good. If you that, haven't listened that was to that. hilarious, but it's like, how do you, like, where do people think about this stuff? Like, I just don't get it. Someone purchased an auto-tuning app and they had to find a use for it, I think, on that one. Oh, they found a good use for it, I guess. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, but So let's move into Jared Bednar. Right now, would you consider him a top 10 coach in the NHL? Yeah. Yeah, handily? Especially, well, yeah, um, I don't know about handily, but I would consider him just the way that the Avs have trended up and now that he has more of really a say in the roster, yeah, like now that he has the players that he wants to play with, sure, 
Um, you can see like he's the team plays the way he wants them to play now, and the, the results are there. And now all of the advanced metrics for the Avs, you know, when he first started, they weren't great, and now they're all you know Excellent. they're much yeah. better. So, um, you know, I think we've obviously discussed it that maybe his assistance is where we could make some improvements. But I think Jared, and when you listen to him talk, yeah, he's not the most exciting guy, but when he actually, when you get him to talk about things, it's like super detailed and he, he's very articulate about what, what he looks for on a player and what he wants on the ice. And you really can learn a lot just listening to him. I think he's, you can see why the players like playing for him because he's, He's obviously not a guy who's just going to yell at you. He he is more of this new school coach who, you know, he's going to talk to you and he's going to tell you, just teach you rather than just yell at you uh, when you do things wrong. So, yeah, I, I think he's definitely up there. And like you said, he's won at every level and he's just got to do that at the NHL now. All right. So top 10, yes. Can you make a case for him in the top five? Oh, now you're going to make me go through the every single coach. <laughs> Um, I have Trotz for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely have Cooper ahead of him. Yeah, Cooper. Um, see, the guy that's tough for me is Quenville because it's like... He was it's so, been so in long. Chicago, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little tough for me. Um, you know, Claude Julian's always a guy who I thought got a lot out of sometimes very little. Like if you watch Montreal play, they're extremely structured. Yeah, um, but he doesn't have a ton to do there. Um, I do really like Elaine Vigneault. He'd probably be in my top five. That might be controversial to everyone. <laughs> um, I mean, that Flyers team's looking pretty good. Yeah, and you know what? Screw it. Let's put Bender in the top five, and I'll round out the top five with Torts because I like Torts. There you go. Confirmed top five coaches in the NHL. Nope, don't. Evan's word <laughs> is law. You have to take it as facts. Uh, we can go ahead and take our second period break there, as I got to tell you guys about Chevalier Mortgage, both Mike and Virginia, longtime Colorado residents. They've been Broncos fans for over 15 years and have supported us here at DNVR for a long time as well. And they are also very, very good at what they do. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get set up with not only a chance to win a free DNVR shirt or hat, but a free consultation as well as they do believe that your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, and that it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation when you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, or you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Again, you can get a free consultation when you hit them up. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Yes, we all have trots at number one, AJ. You can mm-hmm. you can clap to your Islanders once again. <laughs> but. I did want to get into the Avalanche coach rankings. 
Luckily, it's pretty short. Yeah, there's only uh, there's only seven coaches, so you don't have to go that deep. If you have Bednar in the top five currently, is he number one on this list? <sighs> or is Are the, we how just much, how we just have to look at what they did with the Avs? Yes, Avs mm-hmm. only. Like obviously, Joe Quinville's career is going to be better than what Bednar's done. Yeah, and then Hartley. Well, that's know. the question. You have Hartley and Crawford who won Stanley Cups with the Avs, but those teams were also stacked. Mm-hmm. So how much credit does Bednar get having never made a conference finals as a coach? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tougher in a cap era, I feel like, to do what he's he did last year specifically. Yeah. Um, I, I probably wouldn't put him ahead of... I'd probably have Crawford won just because I think those teams were a little less stacked than the Hartley teams. Um, True. I guess the thing with Bednar is that up until last year, the Avs were still squeaking into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, especially two years ago, they, it was like, who, who wants to be this last seat? I think it was them and Coyotes who just kept trying to lose. Would they make it with like 88 points or something like that? that Pretty low. So I probably wouldn't put him number one. I'd probably have Crawford one just because while those su- those teams were super talented that he had, they were also relatively young. And, you know, he was able to mold them and help build them into a championship winner, which they probably should have won more, but that's just the way it is uh, when you're playing a team like Detroit that was stacked as well at the same time. So, um, and And as much as we talk about, you know, I guess we just talked about it, you know, a, a, a bad coach on a good team. I mean, it, you deserve credit for being able to win. Even with a great team, it's still hard. Whereas Tony DeGranato had a stack team and didn't do anything. So I, I think we can safely put Tony Granato near the bottom of the list. Yeah. Uh, so Crawford won Bednar two, or you gave it to Hartley at two. Uh, I don't I know. It's just, you could have the conversation of Quinville at two, honestly, as well. But yeah, especially because those were that was kind of that weird transition era of mm-hmm. the Avs right out of the lockout, where it's a little bit different. Um, man, Quinville's playoff win percentage is bad, but that's probably all because of that sweep by the Red Wings. I mean, he got them to the playoffs, is the thing. <laughs> yes, that's, that is true. Um, Number two, at least if we're just judging them specifically on their abs time, I'll go Hartley. I'll I'll, I'll give okay. him the edge at two, and then I'd probably have Bedner three. So uh, I'd, I'd have Bedner Quenville as tied for three. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna a tie at three. All right, the bronze medal tie confirmed. Yeah, to the hundredth of a second or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So Stanley uh, Cup talk still basically is what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean even though there was only a few teams that they really had to worry about back then, it's still hard to win the Stanley cup. And they did that. And he, they won the Stanley cup that year without Peter Forsberg. It's not like they had their full squad. So, um, well, yeah. and in the actual cup finals itself, it's not like the Avs just walked over New Jersey, kind of like they did with, with Florida in, in 96, mm-hmm. New Jersey series went to seven games. It, it, came down to some pretty narrow margins in the end. 
Yeah. And the LA series went to seven games that year too. So yeah, yeah there were some narrow margins there. Um, I mean, I guess the Evs have had some decent coaches. It's just up until, be- until we got Bender, it had been a, a, a good bit until we got a good one. Yeah. How, how do we rank the, uh, the bottom <laughs> three then uh, as we're left with Granado, Sacco and Wah? I think most people put Sacco at the bottom of that list. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny that Sacco, if you look back at some of those teams he had, their their analytics were actually pretty good. <laughs> the That's underlyings. Like, yeah, the underlying numbers of those teams were pretty good. He just seemingly had no... He maybe was a good X's and O's coach more than he was, but like he just couldn't... Like his Maybe his personality just wasn't there. I don't know. Like the whole we can't... We didn't start the game on time just wasn't just a living meme back during those years. It really was. And as of today, he is the only avalanche coach under 500. So, yeah. And he's, he's been the Boston assistant for For years years now. Yeah. And I think he runs their power player, one of their specialty units, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, see, the one thing that's tough to take into account with Y is that he was responsible for building some of those crappy teams. Yeah, because he was the president. (laughs) Yeah, so he made the decisions, so it's like, he wanted those rosters, and they just didn't work. Yep. So it's like, do we hold that against him? And I kind of want to. (laughs) Because... You definitely hold it against him. Do you hold him against him as a coach? (laughs) Is the question, yeah. I want to say yeah, because that's obviously how he wanted to play like he wanted those older guys in his lineup yeah and it just didn't work and as much as you know Sacco Sacco is under 500 but I'm just imagining that was win loss record is just held up by that first first year yeah for sure so and Wash should have won a playoff round I'm just gonna say it yes should have Minnesota. Um, I might put Sacco above Wa, to be honest, but just barely. So, I mean, the the guy we're ignoring here is Tony Granado. No, we decided he's last. <laughs> You've decided? He's you said it. You I said didn't it. say that. I said Sacco by a lot of people is put last. I thought you said Granado at the start that we're going to put him last. I mean, I think there's a real case for it. He's... The only uh, of the list of the guys at the bottom, he's the only one that actually had a legitimately good team mm-hmm. and couldn't do anything with it. So, yeah. Whereas the other guys had talent issues. I, yeah, Granado feels like, and the thing is, his win percentage is so high that the first run. Yep. But I mean, the talent, the, the talent around him. Know, when you have guys like Saki and Forsberg and all those guys, it's just you're going to win games. Um, but the fact that you're not able to take them to the next step, I think that needs to be held against you. And there was a lot of decisions back then. I'm trying. I don't remember the exact my minute decisions that I wouldn't these days from these other coaches the last sure. ten years. But it's been a minute. Yeah, there was those teams sh- should have still won some Stanley Cups. Yeah, I mean, and they didn't even get far. That they, super like, team didn't... that lost in the second round is like, yeah, come on. But uh, JT says it's the fact that Patrick Wah let him save some face and scrutiny for making bad decisions. 
Not really. I, I, at least in my mind, I separate the player Patrick Wah from the coach Patrick Wah. They're basically two different entities to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think at the time, maybe people would be like, "Well, he's Patrick Wah. He knows what he's doing." And now you look back, you're like, "Well, he." I don't think he knew what he was doing. I, I I think that bought him the first year where they had a super high win percentage off of just total butt magic, basically. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one more year where all of a sudden they struggled. And they couldn't make the playoffs. By the time his, his third year as coach came around, I think any grace period was dead for him. So. Yeah. I have a Brad Stewart story just from one of my jobs oh, yeah, I was okay. doing at the time. I don't know if I should tell it because like I was working in the roofing business and the day he got bought out, like he called our company to get some work done. And like one of the guys went over there and was like, Hey, you know, where are you headed? He's like, I'm getting out of here. And then the news broke a couple, <laughs> like an hour later that he got bought out or whatever it was. The roofing business is the inside source. Yeah. My, my buddy called me. He's like, do you know who Brad Stewart is? I was like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. He's getting bought out. Yeah. He's upgrading that house and probably making some money. I think he was heading back to California, which makes sense. Yeah. I would do too. Same. Same. But, San Diego uh, would be where I'd move if I didn't live in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing you got old against Wa. He, he traded for Brad Stewart, and then he just kept defending him. Like, I remember... Yeah. It was after one game where he just like out of nowhere he's just like, Can we talk about Brad Stewart and how good he was tonight? <laughs> it's just like okay. Cool. I mean, I guess you gotta defend him when you extend him for two years before he plays a single game, but Yeah. But you know. that's the thing, is like that's who he wanted on his team. That's yep. obviously the way he wanted to play, and I think you gotta hold that against him. I'm I'm with you. I think that's why he gets knock down the list quite a bit mm-hmm. and then you know leaving super unceremoniously probably doesn't help either but yeah i have not i always see the french articles come up with him talking about the the queue but i never i don't keep up anymore yeah with what he's going on about i'll keep up when he when he wants to rejoin the nhl maybe but yeah so we have we have the list officially and the short answer is win a Stanley Cup if you want to be a good coach. For yeah, it's, it's a cop out, but it, it, yeah, I mean, if you win, it it holds you in higher regard. <laughs> Just that, I think, ben, think Bednar can do it too. So we'll see. Maybe next year he'll be at the top. Number one confirmed, Jared Bednar. It, it's probably harder to win now, I would think, than it was back in the non-cap you know, five elite sure. team area era. Cause you just, you got to go through teams are more on an even playing field here. Yep. Parody mm-hmm. in the league. It's, it's I mean, real. Yeah. <laughs> That's, there's a reason they call the, the NHL playoffs, the hardest playoffs in sports. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you can, if you can get a cup, you definitely have have cemented your place as a as a coach in the NHL, even oh, yeah. if you do end up being a terrible coach later on in life, like Mark Crawford. But yeah, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. On that note, 
we are going to get out of here for the day. Of course, got to let you guys know about DraftKings Sportsbook. With another weekend coming up here, you can save up to $100 with their guaranteed coverage of your bets on football this weekend. That's right. You can bet up to 100 bucks risk-free. If you end up losing those bets, DraftKings will cover you, and you'll be good to go. Reloaded to fire off some more bets once again, when you sign up with code DNVR as a new user, there's tons of action coming this weekend. So be sure to get your bets in on whatever you prefer, including a bunch of different masters promotions and odds boosts. They have different ones every single day. Y'all already know, like I said the other day, just put a dollar down on someone with ridiculous odds and, and maybe you'll win the lottery. Who knows? You might as well give it a shot. So jump in on it. DraftKings super safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy to dis- deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So if you win big and you want to cash out, you can do it whenever you feel like. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR promo code when you sign up to get that can't-miss offer of covering $100 in insurance on your bets. And yeah, just have fun with it. Uh <clears throat> Excuse me. Must be 21 or older. Thought Evan was going to say something, and then he then he didn't. So, <laughs> Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Risk-free coverage paid out. Insight credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right. We're going to get out of here for today. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. Always much appreciated. Again, if you're thinking about hitting an annual subscription for DNVR, be sure to use that avalanche code. Excuse me. It's code AVS, A-V-S. And that's going to do it. And we might have news tomorrow because they're supposed to announce. Allegedly. Some sort of plan. It probably won't come till tomorrow night, so our show will probably be over. But uh, there should be hockey news on the near horizon on when the season is at least scheduled to come back. So something to look forward to for tomorrow until then we'll talk to y'all later.